Hi, welcome to Suplex the Sticks, a gaming podcast, and we are your hosts, David and Seth. Hello. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. I, uh, I went to one of those trampoline places today and uh, wore myself out. Ooh, did you... Uh... Yeah, on a, on a twisted ankle, which is which turned out to not be a great idea. I mean, I, I would figure, you know. Seeing as you use your ankle a lot and something like that. Yeah. I'm alright though. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Good. Pretty uh good ready for this old pod up up here. Yeah, I am ready too. There's been a ton of news and uh like we talked about last week, um luckily one of the big reveals actually happened on a day where we were podcasting. So we're yeah, not gonna be a week a, late this on this. This is it. a first. Um so yeah, it's uh you know, not bad. Suplex first. <laughs> um, Although uh, it'll, it'll probably be happening again in in a, in a couple weeks when uh, on the six with E three. Yeah, we are still trying to figure out what we want to do for E three. Um, Seth will be in town, I think. Yeah, um, gonna get the crew together. So we should be recording every episode, maybe even doing episodes every day to do a recap. We'll see. Um, yeah. No promises, but we're still trying to figure that out as best as we can. Yep. Um, next next week will certainly be our E3 preview episode, as much as we can do that. Uh, yeah, they. it really seems like they've been keeping a lot of stuff under wraps. Yeah, um, yeah. it's too bad we're not actual credentialed media because they just had a E3 preview week um, just this past week. Where they all got to see the stuff before everyone sees the stuff, so they have all, so they can have their pieces written up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm insanely jealous, but I'm also excited to ingest it as a fan at the same time as uh, the regular people. I guess you could say, um, just to be part of the excitement on Twitter and, uh, you know, all the social media. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. We're getting we're closing in on it. Um it's uh it's going to be it's going to be pretty good, I think. Um so, let's jump into because I'm really excited about this part. Um I know we talk about the Switch a lot on the podcast, but um I'm going to talk about what I played this week um and really get into the fact that I've played um the Hyrule Warriors, um, and and I said talk about the Switch a lot just because that's what I've been playing stuff on, and that's because they've been doing a good job of re-releasing games on the Wii U that I didn't bother yeah. spending money on because it was on the Wii U. <laughs> and yeah. so Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze, you know, um, I got to play that. Uh, you obviously heard how much I liked it last episode. But this mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm. Um, I got about four to five, I think, levels deep into Hyrule Warriors, which you've played it before. That's probably just touching the surface, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Uh, unlike you, I did play this on the Wii U. Uh, I played quite a lot of it on the Wii U, actually. Um, yeah, you're, you're right at the beginning. Now, it all depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go, but the game... the one of the things I like about this game is it offers like nearly unlimited content, basically. 
Um, and of course, it is it is a, a Dynasty Warriors or a Muso type game. Um, so it is a lot of the same stuff over and over. But that does not mean that the stuff that you're doing is not fun. Right. Uh, as opposed to... Uh, and Fire Emblem Warriors, in which I did not actually enjoy it, uh, but we'll, but I'll talk about that. How about you? Uh, what what are your what are your early impressions of it? Um, my early impressions are pure joy, and that the game is beautiful. Um, yeah. I so also small confession. We're gonna talk about the fact that Japan's getting a dockless Switch later on, um, but I went out and bought a spare Nintendo Switch dock for my bedroom. Because I was really, I wanted the games to look better when I played them, and yeah. so um, also if you're playing Hyrule Warriors handheld, they did not do as good of a job. I've looked up articles on this, so I feel less crazy. They did a did not optimize it as well for battery consumption, so it will wreck your battery in handheld mode. Um, really, if you're I, not, I didn't. I, I've only been. I've only played it a little bit on handheld, so I hadn't noticed that yet. Yeah, so like after like an hour and a half, my battery was wrecked. And so I was like, I want to play this game, and I usually play in handheld mode. But luckily, this one is kind of forcing my hand a little bit. But I am okay with that because it is just beautiful. Um, yeah. And it is, it's great. It's smooth, runs very smooth. Um, I really like that Link... Um, and I'm assuming other characters will do this too. Um, though you can get different weapons with them, so it changes the way they play. Like I got mm -hmm. the fire rod with Link, um, and it, yeah. it's different combos, stuff like that. Link has the um, Link definitely has the most weapons. I think he's got like eight or something that you can get. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, but there are other. Most of the characters have multiple weapons and multiple kind of. It doesn't, again, it doesn't really alter the play style. Um, it does a little bit just because of uh, the kind of area of effect different attacks have. But it does, it it makes it feel like you're playing with different characters. Right. And so that's, it's really fun. Um, I like being able to switch between the different characters on the field. Um, like Seth said, I, if you go back and listen, I was not hyper-impressed by Fire Emblem Warriors, and in the end, I ended up barely touching it and trading it in. Um, just because I didn't, I didn't like it that much. Everything kind of felt very samey. Um, but man, is there a wild difference between even just the four characters that I've played with already in the beginning. Um, yeah, that was probably my biggest issue with Fire Emblem Warriors. And had I played it before Hyrule Warriors, I don't know that I would have had this problem. But in Fire Emblem, um, much like the games that they're based on, actually, the there there are like classes of characters, and there are multiple characters you can play who share the same class, and so they have basically the same animations um, with just different bodies, and all of the the levels that you go, you went through in Fire Emblem Warriors all sort of had this, um, the same kind of look, and they were all kind of had a washed out color palette. Yeah, which um, is the the opposite just, of this game. Yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't visually uh, a joy to uh, ingest, 
Whereas in Hyrule Warriors, everything is bright and insane, honestly. Um, and all the characters, everything about their different um, their different attacks is highly unique and speci- specific to that that character. Yeah. Um, there's basically no overlap on what characters can do. Even um, when you later on when you play it, um, even characters like Link and Toon Link are basically and completely different. I mean, they're both slashing a sword, but the the unique parts about like this. The specifics of how it looks and the animations and the other stuff around it are completely different. That makes um, that makes me real happy. Um, yeah, it, it's that. That's probably why why I like it so much. When I had it on Wii U, uh, I put I think multiple hundreds of hours in it, um, and it's weird because it's not like a super intensive RPG type of game, but it's it just sort of has this this quality that it kind of sucks you in and um and you can you can play it for what seems like a blink of an eye and it actually is multiple hours um and i i i got a a really nice feeling of nostalgia yesterday when i when i took it off the dock and was playing it handheld because i played most of it on the wii u uh just off the gamepad oh nice um and so i i had that feeling again and it's 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 wonderful i, I can't wait to to actually be able to play it on the go. Yeah. Um, I will say, visually, it is upscaled to an actual HD console, but it does, at the same time, it it, it kind of looks like a, a Wii U game, just stylistically. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, because the most recent experience, Zelda experience most people have on the Switch is is uh, Breath of the Wild and this does not really come anywhere near the the graphical quality. Um yeah, it's And it's the kind art of style is is kind of it, it it has a little bit to do with the the art style. Um and so that that's kind of one of one of my nitpicks about it um that it wasn't something I noticed so much on the Wii U uh because everything sort of had the same you were you expected a, a lower quality of visual, um, and the cutscenes I do not think are upscaled though. They still they look like they were straight out of ported straight from the Wii U version. But these are these are minor minor issues in a game that I thoroughly love and have played a lot of and will play a lot of. And the best part about it is the the it's a definitive edition, so it has all of the extra stuff that was on the 3DS version that I never got to play. Um, it's kind of annoying that I have to get through all of the the campaign stuff to do it, but you know I'm down for it. It's still fun to do. So in free play mode, you can play as all the characters. Oh, right off I didn't the bat. Know that. Um. I hadn't actually looked at it, so... Yeah, I found that out from uh, listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. Um, they they talked about that and how great it was. So, shout out to them for getting the game ahead of time and being able to review it like that. Um, um, that is that is good. However, it would feel a little bit like cheating to me if I did that, so I'm not going to. Um, I did purchase Little Nightmares. Uh, I did not get to start it, so I can't give um, 
my thoughts on it. I know Andrea uh, played it before, but this is the complete edition for the Switch. Um, so I'll probably play that um, and beat it before next week because it's apparently a short game. Um, and then the other game I spent a lot of time playing this week was Destiny 2 um, with the Warmind time. DLC. Um, and I it? have not gotten close to beating it, <laughs> even though it's short. I just, I got, I got sidetracked by doing other things instead of what I was supposed to do because I was uninterested in what I was supposed to do, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. nothing super compelling in it unless you want to be a higher level, which also is my problem because I did not reach the level cap in the last DLC I realized. Um, uh, so it's been not, not necessarily a grind cause there's stuff to do that is your level if you want there to be. Um, it's just a matter of me having to sit down and do it. Um, yeah. but it's still, uh, man, going back to that game, Seth, it is sharp. Like you realize how good that game feels when you're playing it. Yeah. It's so, so infuriating that's... that the gameplay loops and stuff don't fit how good the game feels to play. It's, um, I've certainly, um, I haven't gone back and played it for a while, but I've certainly been thinking about, the gunplay in the game, uh, having played Fortnite where everything, I mean, it's not bad, but it's, it all feels kind of loose and, uh, not super highly, I don't know that, ina I don't know that it's inaccurate, but it, it's, it certainly a, feels like a, a more casual, uh, type of gunplay than, than you look at the, the refined gunplay of, of Destiny 2. Um, which when it came out, it was certainly one of the best things about it. Uh, just the way that it feels to shoot, shoot in that game. Right. And I mean, it's really nice because they, they are doing a way better job than with destiny one, where you're able to scale your guns up to the newer power levels without them yeah. being left behind. Um, yeah which is really nice because I have a lot of guns that are really good, like Nameless yep. Midnight and stuff like that, that are guns that I'm, there might be people still trying to get that gun because it, it was just a drop I happened to get. Um, and I, I mean, I know that grind, um, but it's, a, yeah, it's a great gun um, that I'm trying to level up now. Yeah. Destiny, Bungie, when in in the first game when they released uh, the Taken King, they had that that the issue where they decided that none of the exotic guns were going to carry over. Yeah, and there was quite uh, it was it was not well received. So I'm I'm with the troubles that they've been having with the the audience. I am sure they did not want to relive that. Yeah, no way. I don't know if they could afford it to be honest. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the big September update. We'll, we'll hear about it, uh, more at E3, I'm sure, but, um, they're working hard on it. That's why Vicarious Visions finished out this DLC, uh, cause Bungie apparently put 
most of their weight behind this big September update when they're going to be changing a ton of stuff. Um, well, we'll see what they change. Um, I don't think it's going to be hugely drastic, but uh, I I think it'll be the it'll be going back to some of the Destiny the the OG Destiny stuff that people liked, which I think is dumb, but you know. For some people, for some reason, people want to grind, uh, so that's what they're gonna give them. Yeah. Um. I'm mostly excited for it because of the huge teaser that was at the end of the original Destiny Two campaign, and seeing where they go with it. Yeah, I mean, we we got this tease of this new race at the end of the campaign, and um, nothing. Nothing at all yet. Uh, so yep. September would be a good time or whenever they launch their, um, you know, phase two of Destiny 2. Um, which apparently they were talking about looking into redoing the weapons back to the way they did them in Destiny 1, which would be interesting to see how they I... work that out. I do not think they should do it. <laughs> I, I I still don't know how people are complaining about it at this point. Do you think they would just get used to it by now? Yeah. Uh, I got I got used to it like the first day that I picked up Destiny Two. I'm, it's different. I'm so with what? You. Get over. I'm with you. Um. So what did you play this week, man? Well, I played Hyrule Warriors, of course. Uh, only a couple days of it, though. I didn't think um, you were going to get it, so I'm. I mean, I'm happy that I'll be able to play co-op with you now. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of a an impulse thing for me. Um, I usually don't impulse purchase games, but I had I had a God of War sitting around, and I wasn't playing it, and there was like a a trade and credit at GameStop, so I brought it in there and thought, yeah. There's nothing else really out that I want, so I'll get this. And it, and it uh, makes it real I, easy when there's no DLC coming for it. And yeah. It's a single no player season experience pass. that you didn't that you don't have to, you know, do any more. Yeah, I actually talked to the the person at GameStop about that. We both kind of, we both lamented how we wish we kind of wish there was more uh, to the story, but it is not. But that it was nice that we don't actually have to. Uh, pay for it, yeah. Though, though it does mean we have to wait for the, we have to wait multiple years for the next one. But I digress. So I've been playing Hyrule Warriors. I beat Recore. Um, All right. And in the end, I think it was about twenty hours. Um, so not that long. It honestly felt longer. Uh, this is a game that I can very firmly not give the suplex sticks. <laughs> Uh, seal of approval, or whatever we call it, the certification. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, like I said last week. It's not a great game. I probably put more time into it than the game deserved. Um, I mean, it was fun enough, but so I don't. I I would like to hear a story from the developers of how like the thought process that went into some of the stuff in this game. There are some cool features. Like I got to this one large area that um, most of the, 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 one of my issues with the game is that it all, like it all takes place in, on this sort of desert planet and all the, the, uh, the environments are basically all the same. 
But there's one large area you get to that at a certain point in the game, these uh, the, this weather function will come into play. Um, and this is one of the things they added with the Definitive Edition, that the the storms will come and, and alter the landscape of... Now, it's just in this, in this one area, but they will like drastically alter the... The, the landscape of the sand and and it sort of so it's multiple different areas within one that can sort of change at the snap of a finger which is a cool idea um, but it's compared to a lot of not great ideas it's so weird you get to the the final part of the game and it and it goes from being like this sort of desert kind of futuristic but dilapidated place and then you go into this final area and it's like tron world with what? a bunch of holographic platforms yeah it's out of nowhere oh and, my it, gosh. and it it has none of the the robots that you use that were key throughout the game to to exploration they're not involved at all so it's it's basically just a bunch of jumping puzzles followed by a bunch of annoying combat scenarios um, that they throw little twists in, like one of them was your health is constantly decreasing, so you have to rip the cores out of these robots to to, to regenerate your health. Um, but other than that, there was... And it was five levels of this stuff that's basically all the same. Uh, and then it gets to the final boss, who was not really much of a challenge... And didn't really offer anything different. Um, and then the ending, it make like this thing happens that doesn't really make any sense within what they have told you in the story. Uh, oh, and then there's this this dumb teaser for something else at after the end of the credits, um, and it's so weird. Like when. When, when the developers, um, I forget what their their studio Armature. When they were at at Retro and they made Metroid Prime, they were so good at delivering a sort of non like a non traditional story delivery, um, and it's just completely botched in this one. Like there there are details that I guess sort of explain what happens, but they're hidden in these little collectibles you have to find, and I I didn't find... I've found most of them, but not all of them, so I'm not exactly sure who the main bad guy was supposed to be or how he got like that or what the deal is with the, um, the prismatic cores, which are the things that you, you have to collect throughout the game. Um, there's not really any in-game explanation uh, of what what they are um and so it's a lot of the the game i'm just thinking why am i doing this stuff what is what is the purpose behind this um it, when i when i first started the game it it gave me it this the feeling that it's it sort of structured like a like like a banjo kazooie game right because you have um, you have these these area these large open areas with little different things that you can do in them to get these collectibles, and if you get enough, you'll be able to go to the next one. Um, which it's it's not a a perfect analogy because of um, 
there 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 are these little mini areas within the, these other ones um but when i as as i got through it it, it became more apparent that banjo tui is a more apt comparison because it one of the issues with banjo tui and i like the game it's not as good as the original because the 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 guys at rare they 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 tried to expand the scope of it which is not a bad thing but it it got kind of out of control and so the worlds in banjo kazooie are just uh and some and in many cases just really uncontrollably large and and so it kind of takes the joy out of traversal because you're doing it so much and everything is so spread out um and this game t takes that to like the nth degree like there are the the areas in this game are just so enormous but for the most part filled with nothing and so a lot of it is just dashing across empty uh space um it's kind of i when when i talked about assassin's creed origins i had the same issue that you know you're in a desert and there's just large spaces of, of nothing going on um but at least in that game you had a horse to ride that you could get faster uh, and there and it was easy to fast travel and this one there's there, there is one of those, but it, it's actually locked behind a, a mission that you have to get to a certain point to get it. Um, it's the this tank that you can ride on. That for some reason I don't understand how it, it wasn't in the in the base game, and it's basically the only way that you can travel across the map with any sort of rapidity. Um, so yeah, I it's. Like I said, I would like to 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 hear a story about how this game turned out the way it did, because it's really just uh, an, it's interesting, certainly, um, but not not exactly a good game. It is it is very infuriating to listen to you talk about this game like this. Um, not in a I'm going to defend it way, but. I was so excited for this game because of the people making it, and yeah, the way I, I it remember during the E3 reveal. I remember that press conference and when they showed it and then announced who it was. I I was so excited. Yeah, I lost uh, it. And then it came out and the scores were really bad, and so I never gave it a chance. And frankly, I'm glad that I never actually paid for the game. Yeah, I mean, because you're I would off. be upset. Uh, but but I beat it, you know. It's another. It's a game to 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 throw up on the list. Um, I'm glad that I uh, I had Game Pass. I was gonna, I was hoping to play State of Decay two on Game Pass also, but then my uh, free two week thing ran out. Uh, so you know, I'm I might get it. I'm I might get into it at some point. Um, but I also played Vanquish, which is a uh, an Xbox three sixty game. Ooh, yeah, uh, made yeah, by yeah. Platinum. Yeah, it's a third-person shooter. Uh, it's on. It's one of the free games with gold this this month, um, and it, it's it's super fun. It's got an arcadey kind of feel, and you can. the 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 hook around it is that you're a guy in this in this suit of armor. Uh, you kind of look like Voltron, honestly, but you can 
you can jet boost around the map. Um, and so the, the movement is, is a big deal and it's, it's really fun. Uh, I haven't played, uh, too much of it and it is an older game, so I don't really want to talk about it that much because it's been talked about, uh, quite a lot since, well, maybe not a lot, but it's been talked about enough since it came out, but it's fun. Um, I'm, I'm anticipating getting into Metal Gear Solid 5 at some point, but yeah, that's about it for me this week. All right. Um, so with that, um, I'd like to ask you guys to visit, um, take a second. You can pause the episode if you want. Um, go to all of our social networks at suplex the sticks. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at suplex the sticks and share the episode or, um, you know, rate, review it. Um, on whatever podcatcher you're using to listen. Um, just any sort of interaction. If you want to email us, um, you can do that at suplexthesticks at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Um, we're always looking for ways to uh, improve the show, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think we should get into the news because there's been a ton of it. The time for some nifty bits. Yeah. Um, do we want to start with uh, the oldest news first? With, uh, you know, the Call of Duty Black Ops reveal? Yeah, let's talk about Black Ops 4. Uh, it was... the the They had their big event the day after... Or I guess the same day that we released the last episode. So we didn't get to talk about it then. Um, but it came out... Uh, apparently, I didn't watch the whole... Uh, press conference I, did. I, I know yeah you said it was quite a mess i saw on twitter that it was basically uh incomprehensible what was going on up there so, uh, the, so what, what was it what was the deal with that um let me let me say that legitimately if you paid for a ticket to this i don't understand you um, oh yeah certainly we talked about last week these games are not exactly our cup of tea but they're they every every time they come out they are huge sellers so there there's certainly a dedicated fan base out there. There were multiple of these things. There were multiple people, and I have to say this because me and two other people at work were listening to the stream slash had it uh, in a small window in our monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, anytime something raised their adrenaline just a tad. They were screaming. Oh, yeah, scream. They screamed, "Let's go!" Like they were charging oh, yeah. into battle, <laughs> and it <Yeah>. was <laughs> honestly hilarious. It's now become a meme around the office that anything we do, we scream, "Let's go!" Um, That's great. And I mean, they came out and they they announced people like you would know who they are, which I mean, yeah. that's every press conference. I'm not. They, they come out and they're like, all right, here's so-and-so, lead developer of this. Right. And people act like it's their messiah, which they love Call of Duty, so they probably know exactly who these people are. I probably just sound like an out-of-touch old man right now. Um, eh, maybe a little bit, but... But um, they come out and they, they kind of describe this game um, not necessarily having a story, but it's part of the Black Ops world. They're treating right. Black Ops like it's the Marvel movie universe, basically, um, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting tactic to me 
because the story, um, I mean, sure, it's very fleshed out, uh, I'm sure. I played through the first two stories. I didn't play the third one story because it didn't interest me. Um, mm-hmm. But the first two sto- the first two Black Ops, the stories were good. Um, I enjoyed them. Um, but this one is uh, eschewing the story. They're not doing one. The story is built into every aspect of the game. Um, and it's like set between Black Ops 2 and 3. Um, huh. Yeah, which is very strange. Probably because they didn't want to go too futuristic. Um, yeah, they saw what happened when uh, Battlefield did it. <laughs> Um, no, I guess that was that was no, their that was, uh, that was themselves. That was in, Black yeah, Ops that was Three Infinite was Warfare, way too right. futuristic. Um, yeah, that's the one where it got really close to Halo. Um, so they're doing a lot of interesting stuff with this Call of Duty that I don't. I want to give them some credit for trying to do something new. Um, it's very Overwatchy in that there's not really classes anymore. It seems like there's more um, characters. So each character has a certain ability, whether it's like a grappling hook or um, one of them's a medic, you know, kind of the Overwatch formula of characters, assault, support. Yeah, that was the, when I watched the trailers, That was, that's definitely what grabs you, is that while it starts out looking like normal uh, Call of Duty gameplay, there are, I, th- I think the, the first way they show it is that there's there's no regenerating health and so you ha- there has to be a character to heal you um so yeah it, it's definitely they saw what overwatch was doing and this is their interpretation of it now it's interesting when they i assumed that that was the the main multiplayer uh, of that but apparently it is it is the the feature the the focus of the game but there is a traditional multiplayer in it that is just um you know pick your class and, and your guns and go shoot each other yeah, um, which I don't I don't know that it, it didn't seem like they talked about that during their their event, which is sort of weird. Um, but it it I guess it, it it kind of makes sense that they are building the narrative into that mode um, because they are following the Overwatch model there, and it is it has worked uh, very successfully for Blizzard. But of course. They have a completely different kind of universe um, w- with characters that people want to know the story about. Uh, but it is, I, I, I think it's an, an, an interesting idea of, of a way of doing uh, doing a narrative without having the traditional campaign, which, I mean, Activision knew that that's not really what people are buying the game for, so... Um, it doesn't really make that much sense to waste resources. Now, they did say that if in the future there is a, a desire for it from the fans, they will bring it back. Um, but yeah. Um, so they're, they're going with that, and they are, um, they're really pushing the zombies mode um, this time. They spent a large chunk of the presser on that. Um, yeah, uh, I will say that the the trailers for the zombies stuff definitely caught my eye. Um, one of the 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 maps is going to be the Titanic, uh, which 
should be super fun. Yeah. And there was this also like gladiatorial one, so, which was kind of crazy looking. That's the one that um, got me. I yeah. I I was like, see, I can't get on board with the multiplayer anymore because I I don't get it. I don't get how people yeah. play that. Um, it's not fun, in my opinion. Um, now I I've, I've had fun playing uh, a Black Ops game, but like like you, it's not it's not something that will be my go to if I want to play a, a multiplayer shooter because it is it's the it can be very not fun certainly and some of that has to do with the gameplay some of it has to do with the people that you play with uh, but yeah. The zombies, though, is because of the way it's structured. It allows you to play with people that that you like in a in a kind of a different environment. Yeah, um, and it looks like we're getting the old characters back from the Black Ops One and Two storylines in a special mode, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know much about it, so. So though, yeah, those guys. They, they they decided to have a vague storyline with the zombies, which was fun back in the day. And then, in my opinion, they've taken it too seriously lately. But yeah. I mean, that's a that's a whole other argument. Uh, I just I don't see. I don't. Well, see. the stuff they showed definitely seems to be uh, leaning on the goofiness of it. So yeah, it 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 does look like they're getting away from the kind of self-serious nature that it, that it has had which is good right uh they didn't talk about this at the press conference but they were asked later and despite some rumors uh there is not going to be a switch version because there had been some scuttlebutt on the internet that there was maybe going to be a, a version on the switch that only had battle royale which also they announced that it was going to have a battle royale mode yeah, Blackout. I forget, I forget it. Man, yeah. so if you didn't watch it, you should watch the Blackout reveal because it was mm-hmm. hilarious. Because it is just this man screaming about a Battle Royale mode, basically, um, and about how they need to do it the Black Ops way, which I yeah, don't... Yeah, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. But then he goes, be ready for blackout. And he screams blackout at the top of his lungs. Mm -hmm. And you think it's going to lead to a trailer. And then the presentation just ended. Hmm. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's been weird. They've been kind of cagey about what their battle royale mode is actually going to be. Um, People have specifically asked if it's going to have a hundred players in it and they've basically gave like a no common answer um so i I don't know whatever the black ops way of of doing battle royale is but it for some reason it does not it signs seem to be pointing toward that it's not going to be your uh kind of what you're what you're getting from something like PUBG with the the massive players, right? Yeah, but we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll probably be popular, uh, and I bet it'll it'll pull a lot of people from Fortnite, just because for some reason the Call of Duty games are always huge. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's going to be, if you want my opinion, it's going to be like 30. There's going to be like 30 people, maybe, on a decently sized map. Um, yeah, I saw something online. I don't know where the source from, but it was about the map for the Black Omo that it's going to be slightly smaller than uh, the Fortnite Island. Yeah. Um, but it. Thirty people, they they would have to make it drastically smaller, I think. But yeah, that's it's it's weird. I don't know why they would not just come out and say what the blackout is going to be. I'm sure at E3 that we will hear more about it, um, and that that might be the reason that they are saving it. But it is weird that they've just been strict on not giving out any details for it. Do we want to go straight into the other military shooter news? Yeah, uh, uh, that happened on, today. On, on, on the heels of that, today the Battlefield Five trailer or Battlefield V trailer was. Uh, I guess they ha- they also had a big event, didn't they? Um, I don't know. I I honestly didn't watch it. Um, I just didn't have the ability to have it up and running. Uh, yeah, but they definitely had a trailer, and they mm-hmm. detailed some modes. Which I know sounds very vague, but I mean it's that's pretty much how all this is. They, I I mean I don't know, Battlefield Five. They the trailer is really cool looking. Um, it's set in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's women in it, which is causing scuttlebutt on the internet, of course, um, which is always fun. Yeah, I suppose. quite a lot of discussion about the fact that there are women in World War Two, which to some people is infuriating because it's not it is not quote unquote historically accurate which uh i don't know that the battlefield games have always been accurate so i don't know why that's a big deal except for uh well i mean i do know why it's a big deal to some people yeah uh, but it shouldn't be so um so we've got they they're this new mode um is really neat i don't think they talked about how many people are going to be playing it. But it's basically mm-hmm. um, their operations mode, but it's called Grand Operation. Um, I, I think that's the name of it. Uh, yeah, it is. And basically, it's the operations mode, but at the end, it becomes a last man standing match. So that's kind of their answer to a battle royale, where it's because operations takes place in like four parts. If you can imagine mm-hmm. stuff like the uh, the Halo Reach, um, that multiplayer was kind of jacked from Battlefield, where it had objectives. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, it, it, I I had wondered if they were going to do a full on battle royale, but the the thing about the dice games recently is they've sort of leaned in on those huge maps with with tons of people on yeah, them. Yeah, they've already got um, like 100 people on the map already. Yeah, so it's it's sort of built in already, the, the kind of Battle Royale-esque thing. So it's not surprising that they would not have a, have a just a, a, a basic Battle Royale thing because it's sort of in all of the other modes. Yeah. I'm excited to see what type of multiplayer it brings about. Um... Because they said there's going to be like incentives to stay with your squad, which you'll be mm-hmm. split up in like four person squads. Um, 
So it'll be like, a, you know, you, if you stay with the squad, you can, um, it counts you as a four-person team. I'm just excited to see the details of that. It seems mm-hmm. really interesting to me. Um, and with the amount of maps available in Battlefield, um, it has the potential to be really diverse, which will be really neat. Yeah. Um, and again, for that one, not a, not a whole lot of information otherwise. I'm sure they're saving stuff for E3 as well. Yeah, it's very weird that they're... I don't know if the major publishers where they usually do these, like uh, Microsoft and them, are forcing them to um, do these types of press conferences um, Mm -hmm. because they would rather have more stage time devoted to the exclusives. Um, Yeah, I think so, because for some reason they have to have a big sort of hullabaloo about the announcement of the game right um whereas it so it would take up a lot of time in a in an e3 press conference to to do that the kind of histrionics that are uh that go alongside with the reveal so if you get that out of the way you can you can still have it in in your press conference and and just have it be about the gameplay yeah i remember loathing the ever-present 15 to 20-minute chunk of Call of Duty during the Xbox presser. Yeah. Um, gosh, what, will they stop and I mean, it we'll probably we'll probably still get it. Well, no, we, uh, we won't get it during Xbox anymore. We, we'll get it during Sony. Ah, uh, yes. Because they... But, though, but, but it is interesting because those in the past have been pretty much about the, the single player, uh, and so that's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, you're right. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, I'm excited. Hopefully, it'll be more condensed for uh, other stuff. To, but yeah, it is. It, I think there's a good reason for them to to get that out of the way. Now, do you think it's a coincidence or intentional that both of these games are in are set in World War Two? Black Ops isn't. It isn't. Oh, you're right. Um. I mean, they have the zombies mode, which is in Titanic times. Um, I don't know why I thought it was. But it is not. That's weird. The last Call of Duty was World War II. Maybe that's what that, you're thinking. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Um, I think it's more of a coincidence that there was Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty World War II last year than there was er, a couple years ago mm-hmm. um, than there was with this. Um, in my opinion, but that's, uh, that's another thing. Uh, you know, th- companies like that crib from each other all the time. Um, yeah. I mean, if you read comics, Marvel and DC do it all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's frustrating because then you end up getting two of the same game or two of the similar yeah. game. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, but what yep. I want to jump over to real quick is a game that got the suplex certification and mm-hmm. is getting some DLC. Um, they uh, didn't yeah. give a release date, but the Donkey Kong Adventure is finally coming to the Rabbids game on the Switch. Um, yeah, I they I don't remember when they announced it. I think I guess it was at the last direct, uh, but there hadn't really been any information. They released a trailer for it and. It looks great. Uh, there's a a cranky rabbit who looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, he looks so um, good. And of course, you got that soundtrack from 
from old Grant Kirkhope from who who worked on the 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 old uh, Donkey Kong game, Donkey Kong sixty four. Uh, that's and honestly, that might be one of the things I'm most anticipating about it. They announced that there's going that they're releasing a gold edition of Mario and Rabbids um, that'll have the DLC in it. So I, I'm definitely gonna gonna cop that when it comes out. You should definitely of, pick that up. Yeah, it looks fun and it, it sounds great. So I'm excited for it. Um, they added. I don't know if you kept up with it, but they added a multiplayer mode to it, uh, versus mm-hmm. mode. Um, so that would be kind of fun to play. Um, yep, I'd be into that. Um, but not not other not too much news on that. Besides, you know, they announced it. They released more of a detailed trailer showing off the combat um, of mm-hmm. Cranky Rabbit and Donkey Kong. And that rabid Peach is going to be the one adventuring with them. Uh, uh, which makes sense because throughout the whole game, you had to have at least one rabid in the party. and mm-hmm. which, uh, which, honestly, I was more annoyed with at the beginning than I was at the end. By the end, yeah. I thought the rabbits were great and I loved them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really... I'm excited for you to play it, Seth, because <laughs> the personalities are just so good. Um, and Marianne ended up liking watching me play it because they were so funny, um, at like rabid peach and stuff like that. Um, uh, so what do you think, is there going to be a, uh, one of those rabbits? Are they going to be in the new smash? Oh, oh man. I don't know. I think they could cause the weapons were really cool. Um, I would I would really like to see a rabid Luigi just cuz he had this like yo-yo gun type deal. Um mm-hmm. I was super I that was probably one of my favorite weapon inventions from that game. So I'm I'm really interested in that. Uh, it would be I could really see, cool. I could see like a a combination rabid with all the different kind of weapons that they use. Yeah. And you can pick you can pick different outfits for them. Um, the other thing, uh, I would take a trophy. That would, like a trophy would be a good, like throw it out and it's a rabid Mario or something that shoots out. Oh yeah, a and, stream a, and assist of trophy. Yeah, that I could see that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, we're we're in that season now, Seth, where we can throw Smash Bros into almost every conversation. I know it's it's so exciting. <laughs> I it's. There's, I mean, there's been a lot of talk and, and rumors about the stuff that's going to happen. I, I had seen, I don't know who it was. It was some, somebody on Twitter who, who said that Nintendo, they're, they're kind of going more all out with it, with, with, with guest characters. Really? Uh, one of the things, yeah, uh, or, or rather that they'll be more receptive to it, uh, because I think the, the reception from the, the, the guest ones in the last game was huge, so I, they... There is, they know now that there is a lot of desire out there for this stuff, and and given that it, they're probably going to pull a lot of s- stuff from from Smash for Wii U, um, presumably, of course. I mean, they could be rebuilding everything from the ground up, as far as I know. But assuming they pull a lot of the the characters from the old one, um, it, it pretty much leaves the door open for for. For only new characters, um, now I'm not gonna 
one of the things that I, I always do with Smash is, is set my expectations super high for yeah, you all, what characters are going to be in it. It's, so it's I'm, I'm trying not to do that. But uh, there was one thing, like I saw on Twitter that uh, Microsoft, they, um, because of the success Sony is having, they're, 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 they're going, um, they're, they're being more proactive in trying to expand their uh, audience and they, and that they were working with Nintendo and that they're allowing, uh, that there may be some of those characters in that. I don't want to, I don't want to name names, but, um, that would be, I, I, I'm sure you know which Microsoft character I'm talking about. Um, but there was uh, a legitimate rumor that came out uh, a couple days ago. Of course, I say legitimate rumor, but that may, that doesn't mean anything. Um, because who knows? Uh, the, who knows with this stuff? But this this rumor says that uh, Smash for Wii U will see... For, for Switch, rather, will see the return of Ice Climbers, which is not too big a surprise... But we'll also have playable Ridley and Simon Belmont from Castlevania. Oh man, I, ugh. I think if I could go back to the Attack of the Beards cast when we were doing that, I, th- mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I said I wanted a Castlevania character in Smash Bros. Yeah, it it would make a, a ton of sense because the Ca- Castlevania was a long time franchise on, on the old Nintendo systems. And I know that that, and each all of the Belmonts they have a, a full arsenal of, of, of weapons to draw from, um, so, so that's uh, that's not a, a huge surprise for me. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, Ridley Ridley though, uh, I I still don't know. I know that everybody wants Ridley in the game for some reason. I will believe it when I see it. I still think that ridley is far too enormous of a monster to be able to to be a playable character i agree and frankly i i really want a like a boss battle mode because in 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 brawl there were these special bosses that you could fight and i would love if they brought that back but allowed you to play as the bosses against like a a group of people yeah that would be cool we'll see i can see that i mean i could also understand sakurai giving into the the people like fine i'll put ridley in there but he'd be so huge. We will, we will, we will definitely see the uh, the. But again, take that with a grain of salt because um, apparently that around the the development around Smash, they've been very tight-lipped about letting information get out. So any any purported leak, you you have to wonder about. Uh, yeah, it's not like it's not like other games. Like apparently the the Star Fox Grand Prix, which we talked about last week, they re- Retro's been openly showing that to people, so it's not a huge surprise that that came out. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I mean, but it is exciting. We are yeah. we are in the you gotta love the the Smash days when you can just speculate uh, about anything and 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 then get your expectations up super high. All right, so let's uh, let's kick it to other news real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Pokemon Go Alolan forms are happening uh, in the latest game. Went in the uh, you went to the Alolan Isles on Sun and Moon. There were remixes essentially of the original one hundred and fifty one Pokemon. Uh, some of them, and it changed their types and stuff like that. Um, and they were the Alolan forms of the original 151. And so it'll be interesting to see 
how those are implemented. They will be added to Pokemon Go soon. That's I don't think they attached a date to it, but they said very soon. Um, yeah, it's not a surprise that they're coming. It's more a surprise that they are coming before uh, other generations, before Gen four and five and six and seven Pokemon. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah. They're skipping generations to add these Alolan forms. Um, I mean, I, maybe it's just easier for them to add them because they're just palette swaps. Some of them uh, with some a little them, bit but, different but, but, animation. I don't know. Most of them, most of them are pretty drastically different, though. Yeah, uh, the execute is huge. Yeah, but I would say that it it does sort of make sense because uh, any of these Alolan Pokemon have more draw than any single one of the the Diamond and Pearl era pokemon so amen not a not a not a huge deal uh and also diamond and pearl not great yeah i know people want a remake of it but please i hard pass um yeah uh let's see also on the switch i still don't know how this is gonna work um which also makes me sound old and out of date i'm sure uh but resident evil 7 is releasing for the switch in japan but as a yeah it's going yeah, it's called. They're calling it Resident Evil Seven Cloud uh, version. So it's so the way it's gonna work, it it's it's weird. It's, you you pay, I, I I forget what the equivalent is. It's about like eighteen dollars, I think. Eighteen dollars for a hundred and eighty day pass. Yeah, so you get to rent it. You don't actually get to own it. Yeah. Um, and you just get access to the cloud that has it. Yeah, and it streams over the internet onto your onto your switch uh which i think it's it's an innovative idea for games that maybe cannot like they don't want to graphically downgrade it so much if if that is necessary um and it's also 18 dollars that you get access to the the game but also all of its dlc and in 180 days uh that's plenty of of time to to play it but it's interesting it's it's an experiment. It's only in Japan right now. Um, it's launching uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, on the 24th, uh, so depending on, on when you play it. It'll be interesting to see how, like, what kind of what kind of numbers it makes, um, because it, uh, what, at first blush, it seems weird, but I, I do think it's it is an interesting solution to. It's basically the PlayStation to, Now service. Yeah, so it it's it presents a, a a way to get around the kind of graphical inequality that the Switch has. Um, but it, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. You wonder. It, the strangest thing about it is that it it basically takes away what is the biggest selling factor of the Switch, and, and that is playing it portably. Because yeah. unless you're somewhere with a strong Wi-Fi connection, you won't be able to do it. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what it'll do? But it's it's an interesting idea. I'm down for it. I'd like to see uh, where where it goes from from there. All right. And I mean, Ca- oh. Capcom isn't. They're in this mode where, after uh, n- not um, not supporting the Switch at all, they're trying to throw everything on it. So. Yeah, that's I guess true. this this is probably also a quicker way of getting it on the platform than developing a, a whole other version of it. Um, also, we've got the dockless switch, which is being sold only in Japan. 
Yeah, they um, just announced it. Yeah. A, it's cheaper than than the the base model. It comes with uh, less stuff in it. Naturally, it's got no dock, which is like ninety dollars, so it should be cheaper. Um, and this is, I think it it makes sense for it to happen now on the eve of a Pokemon announcement, because it's always you know it's always been a, a handheld thing. So that makes sense. And it's also, but it's also nice to for people who want to buy a Switch like a, a second switch in their house but they don't really need the other dock and I, I imagine it'll eventually come to america or you could be the opposite like me and have two docks and one switch yeah well i also understand <laughs> i i understand the appeal of that um you know you have one in your room you have one in your living room you you come in and plop it in when when you change rooms yeah have one in the bathroom and i don't know and then a memorable way to end this episode, um, we have uh, a brief taste, just, uh, you know, Devolver announced that they're doing an E3 press conference again this year. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this will be something. Last year, it was the most insane thing I've ever watched. Yeah, it was uh, so meta and weird. It, it was like an acid trip. Um, and frankly, I, I don't... I assume they must have announced games during it, but I, I don't remember I any don't of them. I think they did. I and if they were, they were fake games. While there was like blood squirting. On yeah, that's true. I remember there were a bunch of fake games, and it was kind of roasting the the whole idea of of uh, these big big press conferences. And it was uh, so we'll see. They will certainly have something uh, fun for for the viewer if you're into that kind of weird stuff. Maybe maybe don't let the kids watch. I mean, it'll be on late. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was on at like midnight last year. It, so. it was hilarious that straight up when it cut back to the people at the booth, they thought it was going to be a real presser. Yeah. And they were all like, well, uh, we... that Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what we just watched, but there, it was it. So, um, which was how everyone felt. Yeah. Um, so... It'll certainly be fun. Yeah. Um, so with that, we want to thank you for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, yep. Especially you, Alex. Yeah. Is Alex checking it out? I don't know. I was just saying a name. Yeah. And you too, John. I was, mm-hmm. um, but we could do, we could name names all day cause we have tons of listeners. I'm sure. Um, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew and Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a Ben out there listening. Um, Robinson. All right. And uh, Butler. Saw that name on a Coke the other day. Maybe yep. we'll have a listener named Butler. Maybe. Um, but uh, we appreciate you, uh, and uh, we're glad you're listening. This is a fun hobby for us, and we appreciate everything you do, even if you're just listening. Um so with that, I'll pass it off to Seth to say his final goodbye. Uh, so long, farewell, Alfie Desain. Goodbye. Bye.